0: Welcome back to another special edition of Boys Don't Lie, the podcast. I am Owen Burke, here to bring you the very start of a new series that I'm going to be doing. Um, well, first before I get to the series, let's let's preface where we are, how we got here, what's coming up. So um, if you listen to this, season one is officially over of BDL. Season two is in the works, planning everything out making sure we're all good, getting some interviews in, you know, getting some stuff planned out that we want to do, upgrading some equipment, yada, 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 all that jazz. So Season 1 is over. We will not be dropping our weekly podcast anymore um, for the foreseeable future. We haven't set an official date for Season 2, but we know it will be somewhere somewhere after the summer, I believe. Um, but can't leave you guys high and dry. Can't leave you guys with nothing to listen to uh, for a couple months. So we're just going to be... We're gonna be cranking out bonuses left and right. When I say we, obviously, I mean all of us, but I especially mean myself. Um, I've got a lot of stuff planned, a lot of sports stuff planned. Today, we are doing um, the very first edition of our top ten lists going into this NFL season. Today is the offensive line edition. Which, uh, let me tell you what I have. When it comes to talking about football, researching football you know and anything really anything along the lines when it comes to football there's not a lot that's super challenging anymore to these days like i know what i'm talking about i know what to look for usually i mean obviously i can always learn don't i'm not i don't i mean i sound really really full of myself the way i just said that but i feel like i can hold my own in most circles this challenged me this is definitely uh probably the harder list that i've made so far um You know, obviously the quarterbacks, receivers, running backs, tight ends, all that stuff uh, is a little bit easier because, you know, I'm able to. I have a basis 15 guys that I could probably talk about. Or, you know, maybe the ones, you know, the one guy that sneaks in or the one guy that falls out on my list or whatnot. Um, But this one is tough because, you know, like you really got to sit down. When it comes to offensive line, you got to sit down, got to break it down. We got to look at film. I got to look at. Grades on this website, grades on that website. How many snaps did he have? How many sacks did he give up? All this stuff. Run blocking versus pass blocking. The mix of both. Can you make the top 10 list when you're only... Like, if you're the best pass blocker, but you're like a like a 25 run blocker, can you still be considered top 10? All that stuff. Trying to take all this into consideration. Um, so, I'm going to go ahead and do just, a, just for... For your guys' ears' sake, uh, each position will have its own bonus. So um, running backs will have their own bonus, quarterbacks, wide receivers. Each each position group is going to have its own. Offensive line is the only one that's going to be different as of right now. I haven't planned out the defense and what I want to do yet. But for the offensive side of the ball... Um, we're dropping the offensive line together, so we're gonna do tackles, and I'm gonna do interior offensive linemen. I was gonna do guards and centers, but just for the sake of your ears, again, um, and also to make it a little bit more challenging for myself, um, I was I put guards and centers onto the same list. So, trying to value guards versus centers, which one value you know is more valuable, and then you know if guards are more valuable than the centers, well, where does the first center fall? You know, is the first center gonna fall? You know, third or fourth on the list, and yada yada. And also, the tackles will be today as well. And also, trying to, you know, value right tackle versus left tackle. Is the best right tackle? Is he better than the third or fourth best left tackle? So on and so forth. So, uh, if you're here today, if you're listening to this stuff, I got more coming. If the offensive line stuff isn't your cup of tea, I don't blame you. It is, it takes a very, very dedicated football fan to listen to me talk about offensive linemen for. Half an hour, hour, however long this ends up being in the long run. But I've got stuff coming. Uh, Tight ends will be dropping here in the next couple days. We're looking at wide receivers after that, which me and Samari plan to do together as of right now. That's the goal. Uh, Running backs will come, and then quarterbacks. Um, We'll have like a week break or so. Uh, I'll be out of town. I'll be in Atlanta, Georgia with with some boys um, coming up here in the next couple weeks. But once I get back, get back into the swing of things, we'll get the defense done and then after the defense is knocked out then we move into our division bonuses. So, I'm going to sit down, we're going to look at the AFC North team by team, we're going to look at the AFC West, we're going to look at the NFC West, we're going to look team by team, division by division. And the plan is to have a cohesive win-loss record for each team, you know. So, I can't I'm not going to sit here Run through the Ravens schedule. Tell them, tell you that they're gonna pull off the upset and beat the Chiefs. But then on the Chiefs one, tell you the Chiefs are gonna beat the Ravens. I'm gonna sit down and try to predict every NFL game, and get a cumulative, you know, record count for each team in each division, and we'll see how it shakes out. So, um, if you're here listening, or if you're not listening, whatever the case may be, if you're listening to this, Samardzinski Staples bonus. Any album reviews we do in the future that we've done in the past, if you've listened since episode one, if you've listened from episode twenty, whatever the case may be, I'm happy you're here. Thank you guys so so much for the support. Um, I mean, I know we say it each show, whether it's a bonus, whether it's a an actual BDL episode, whatever it is, I know we thank you guys every time, but that's because the thank you cannot be said enough. You guys drive this show. Uh, we we wouldn't be here without you. We definitely wouldn't take it as seriously without without as many listeners that are as dedicated as you guys are. So, thank you from the bottom from the bottom of my heart. And I'm excited to get into this stuff. Um, <clears throat> it's gonna really really test test what I know, and I don't know. It's been a difficult process to get through. I'm excited to get it over with. To be honest with you. Um, and trust me, we'll get to the fun stuff. We'll get to the fun positions here after a while. I think the whole defensive shot of the ball should be fun. I've always been more of a defensive guy, and there's not really – I mean, even defensive linemen impact the game very, very noticeably. You know, it's very easy to notice Aaron Donald on the field. Sometimes you can lose guys on the offensive line in the field. So enough intro, enough BS. Here we are. We're going to start from the outside, work our way in. We're going to start with the tackles first. So, made this list. We've got left and right tackles on the same list. I'm going to run through. We're going to go 10 to 1. Give you why these guys are here. Why this guy may be above this guy. So on, so forth. So, my 10th left tackle going into the 2021 season. And also, I'm sorry, I lied to you. One last thing to preface. So, all these lists are supposed to be what my top 10 is going into this year. So what these guys are going to look, these are going to be your top 10 receivers for this season, if that makes sense. So if you see a guy way up the list that shouldn't be there, I'm predicting a breakout year or anything like that. You won't see as much of that in the offensive line uh, category because it's obviously much, much, much harder to predict when a left tackle is going to go from 30 or 40 Beth to top 10. Garrett Bowles did that this last year. We're going to talk about him here in a minute. He came out of nowhere. That guy was the definition of average and and mid. And all of a sudden, he's in this top 10 list within a year. So it's very hard to predict that. So the offensive line one may be a little bit different. But that's the goal of all the other lists. So and hopefully I remember to say that before each list so you guys don't crucify me. So that being said, top 10 tackles going into the 2021 NFL season. Number 10. A guy that should probably be a little bit higher on the list, but given the current circumstance that he's in, the current team he's on, and the current quarterback situation, he's probably going to be a little bit lower. Um, I have Laramie Tunsil sitting at 10 the Houston Texans. Um, passing into King in today's NFL, um, That it's the day and age we live in. Fantasy football is dominated by running backs, but the NFL is dominated by quarterbacks. It's a passing game. If you watch football, you know that. There have been few tackles that have been better in pass protection than Laramie Tunsell uh, before and after the trade to Houston. Um, I think you'll see a little bit of a dip in his play this year just because I don't think the Texans are going to be overall competitive. I don't think Deshaun Watson will play, so that's going to come into play on in our quarterback bonus a lot, but I'll talk to that when we get there. Um, but I think regardless of the QB is, I don't think the Texans are that competitive of a team this year. Tunsil just doesn't seem like a guy that is going to give 110, 120% of his effort no matter how good his team is. He's always kind of seemed like a guy that if the team's good, he's going to be one of the best left tackles in football. If the team's bad, he's going to be run of the mill a little bit over. He'll be in that 15 to 10 range. That's where I have him falling right here. He got. He's on average about a 75 grade on PFF the last two years. Um, he's taken a total of Just over 1,700 snaps in the last two years. He's finished in the top 40 both seasons in snaps at the left tackle position, so not as high as a lot of other guys, but he stays out there a majority of the time, and he is a very, very talented pass blocker. He'd be a lot higher on this list. His run blocking just isn't where it needs to be to be any higher on the list, but at the same time, can't leave this good of a pass blocker off the top 10 left tackle or tackle list in general. Um Another guy that kind of came out of nowhere that surprised me, uh, Taylor Moton, plays for the Carolina Panthers, plays left tackle for them. He just signed a four-year, $72 million extension, I believe, Um, depending on when you listen to this, obviously, it's depending on when that happens. He just signed it recently as of recording this. Um, Not a guy that I think he was going to be on this list. Definitely one of the sleeper guys that kind of hopped up out of nowhere and Really solidified himself, especially this last year, off the fe- on the field and on this list. Um, he's taken about twenty one hundred snaps in the last uh, two seasons, which is going to be the highest snap count of any tackle on our list today. Um, graded out at eighty one point six on Pro Football Focus this last year. Another guy that just kind of came out of nowhere and has played extremely well. I think he's going to have even better an even better year this year. I think Carolina's offense is a lot better than it was last year. Christian McCaffrey hopefully is back healthy. We have DJ Moore. I have Robbie Anderson. Sam Darnold's under center. And now we've got Taylor Moton locked up playing the left tackle spot for these guys for the next four years. I think Carolina, the only thing that's standing in Carolina's way at this point is Sam Darnold's potential and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which... Depending on your view of Tom Brady or depending on your view of Sam Darnold, one of those issues is bigger than the other. To me, the biggest issue is Tom Brady and and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, I've always been a believer in Sam Darnold. I never thought he was the best quarterback in the draft class. I called Baker the best quarterback in that class on draft night. I called him going at number one. I had a lot of my buddies that called me an idiot, said that, that uh, Josh Darnold, or Josh Darnold, Sam Darnold was the best QB in the class, and they'd even rather take a risk on on Josh Allen than taking Baker Mayfield. Now, obviously, Baker is not the best quarterback in that class, but he's definitely turned out as a serviceable NFL quarterback. As for Sam Darnold, I think the potential has always been there. Uh, I think he's got a great football mind, and honestly, he's made some plays in his career that are very surprising. Uh, he's also had a coach in Adam Gase who is... One of the worst coaches I have ever seen in my time where I've, as a fan of the NFL and definitely, I I would say possibly as a fan of the NFL, he's probably the worst coach I've ever seen, but definitely up there in my time of me being on this half behind a microphone and and taking taking it a little bit more seriously, if that makes sense. Um, Adam Gase is an idiot, and I think that had a lot to do with what Sam Darnold did with the Jets. He's got a better offense than he ever has. He has wherever Sam Darnold falls, or wherever Christian McCaffrey falls on your list. That's a top five running back. DJ Moore is extremely underrated and has always been a top 20, top 15 candidate. Robbie Anderson's been extremely underrated his entire career and has playing experience with Sam Darnold in New York. Now they have Taylor Moton, who's a top 10 left tackle. Their offensive line got a little bit better throughout the offseason. Their defense has always been decently underrated. The Panthers are a decently scary team, but they do play in the division with the Buccaneers. And that the rest of that division is really not that much of a pushover either. So I don't know if Moton's the key to unlocking the potential for the Panthers, or maybe it's Darnold. Who knows? But I definitely don't think having a top 10 left tackle hurts you at all in the long run. So um, number eight on our list will be the only... Well, I guess he won't be a rookie going into 2021. The only 2020 rookie, uh, Tristan Wirfs, cracks the top 10, posted an 81.8 grade on uh, Pro Football Focus this year. He ranked seventh in snaps taken at the right tackle position. Um, He was a, a massive, massive part of that, that Tampa Bay Super Bowl run. Um, played right tackle for those guys. He was a great run blocker. Kept Tom Brady clean on his, obviously, his non-blind side um i think this kid has a lot of potential to play left tackle future on in his career uh he was kind of thrown into the right tackle spot they needed a guy to play it they're like why not you know get you some nfl experience um i can't remember exactly how many sacks he led up this year i know it was under 10 i'm pretty sure it was around the f- maybe three or four mark uh and you also have to think about um who this guy plays tristan wirfs in that division is running into cam jordan twice a year is running into I'm just Brian Burns is in that division. He's running into him twice a year. Um and the Falcons have no edge pressure, so we're not gonna talk about them. But also every day at practice, you gotta deal with Shaq Barrett, gotta deal with Nadamikin This this kid seems to be uh, I don't I don't know how I want to say it. Um Iron sharpens iron, I guess is the best way to put it. You know, he's been in practice against those guys against Shaq Barrett and those guys a lot and it seems to have translated onto the field he played extremely well last year um i think he's i i don't know if he's gonna get obviously he's gonna get better which is terrifying because he's cracking the top 10 list already i believe he was within the top 10 um left ta- or top 10 tackles this year graded on pro football focus and he was also the highest graded rookie i'm trying to remember the exact stat I think it was the highest graded rookie tackle since they started grading tackles in 2006. Marshall Yonda is the only guy that ever got a higher grade at the right tackle spot, which obviously he transitioned to guard later on in his career. So definitely elite company for Tristan Wirfs. I think the sky's the limit. This kid was an athletic freak in college. He seems to be translating it well onto the field, turning the athleticism into raw skill and power. He's dealing with the the everyday edge rushers you see, and he's been handling the star ones pretty well as well. So uh, sky's the limit, and I think Tristan Wirfs is going to keep moving up this list. It's just I can't put him any higher because there are a lot of good tackles in this league, and I'm just not ready to put him any higher on the list than I have him right now. Number seven. I should have numbered this on my, on my thing before I messed it up. Seven, yes, I know how to count to ten. That's good. Um, seven on this list a guy that I feel like i may have put a little bit too high but i have a lot of respect for him i've watched him play for a very long time at a very very high level he had he's had injury issues and in, especially this last year and even the year before he he had injury issues Tyron Smith the Dallas Cowboys um tyron Smith was once upon a time a top three top two tackle in this league uh, he's like i said he's dealt with a lot of injury issues in the last couple of years i think he's I don't think I see another injury in his future. I think I don't know why. I just have a gut feeling that he's not going to get hurt this year. Knock on wood. You know, I'm really praying for it. Um, I I don't want anybody to get hurt. Uh, only posted a, a 68 grade on Pro Football Focus this year, but he played under 200 snaps. He he got hurt before Dak Prescott did the year before. Uh, 76.6 grade on 882 snaps. So, top 40, 36, which I was surprised going through doing the research. Obviously, how much you play is, it should matter a decent amount uh, when I'm doing these lists and everything. I can't have a guy that's, you know, not playing a ton of snaps, which I know that I'm completely contradicting myself by putting Tyron Smith on this list. But. I was looking and not a lot of like a lot of these tackles, like I'll talk about it. i I have the ranks and everything in front of me. Like a lot of these guys do not touch like the top thirty. Like if they're in the top thirty snap count at the tackle spot, they're that's about on average on what I saw when I was doing this research. That goes for the guards and the centers too. Like there's a couple guys that, that hit the top ten marker, hit the top fifteen, whatever it was. But like a lot of the guys are scraping in like twenty five and thirty on snap counts for the year. Which really doesn't show injury issues because they're getting over a thousand snaps a year still but snaps off here and there such and such whatever I don't know I thought that was very very surprising to see um as for Tyron Smith like I said I just said that I wasn't going to put anybody that didn't have a high snap count on here he's by far the lowest snap count on here outside of the guy at the number two spot um which, I mean, that should tell you something, that Tristan Wirfs took more snaps this year in his rookie year in 2020 than Tyron Smith has taken in the last two years. That is a big deal. I I know how ta- talented Tyron Smith is. I think we all should know how talented he is. I don't, you know, I'm not going to try to foresee an injury. Injury issues are a problem, but I don't know. I just have a gut feeling he's not going to get hurt. I have a weird feeling about it you can hypocr- you know call me hypocrite whatever I know there's some people that are going to it is what it is I just have a gut feeling if Tyron Smith here's the the overall arcing thing if Tyron Smith is healthy he is a top 10 tackle in this league pro football focus I was you know obviously comparing my list to theirs once I got it done and even before just to kind of see what the top 15 top 20 was looking at and I read a description I was like okay that seems like a pretty good reason to have that guy in the top 10 and Tyron Smith is all the way down to 22. And almost word for word, it said the exact same thing that it said for the guy that was in the top 10. It was like, he struggled with injury issues, but when this guy's healthy, he's a top tackle in this league, da-da-da-da-da. And I went down to Tyron Smith, and like, injuries in the last couple of years have held him off the field, but when he's healthy, one of the, you know, he's like, I don't remember exactly what they said. Obviously, they didn't say he was a top 10 tackle, but like, when healthy, this guy's a game changer. I'm like, then why the hell is he at 22. I wasn't going to do that to Tyron Smith. We all know how talented he is. I'm putting him on the list. You can call me a hypocrite. Won't be the first time. Has It isn't the first time. It definitely won't be the last time that I scrape the line of hypocrisy on one of my episodes. So here we are. It is what it is. Um, six. I believe this is our highest rated right tackle. Um on our list the rest of the way we're touching nothing but left tackles I think that should show you how good the left tackle position is in the NFL right now and also the, the, I'll just say it. Ryan Ramsey, the right tackle for the Saints, just locked up a massive contract extension in the offseason as well. Um as good as he is, I, I understand how good Ryan Ramsey is. You look at the numbers, the snaps are there, the grades there, the you know no sacks allowed is there The guy is extremely talented. One of the better pass-blocking, if not the best pass-blocking right tackle in the league. But you cannot overvalue how much a left tackle means to your team. There is a reason when it comes time to contract negotiations. Highest paid roster, highest paid guy on your roster should be the quarterback most likely. Unless he's on a rookie deal or you don't have a good QB, that's your guy. Left tackle is right there in that conversation at two. There's some edge rushers that are creeping into that $20 million a year category. Um, some corners are getting there. The elite guys, the top five guys at each position are scraping into that 20 category. Left tackles have always been getting paid. Nothing changes. As for Ryan Ramzik, like I said, best pass blocking uh, right tackle in the league. Um, he's got over almost 2,100 snaps in the last two years. Injury issues is not a thing. This guy doesn't miss games. He's very, very solid. Um, I'll talk a little bit. I'm going to move to the next guy. He was actually, Ramzik was rated as the highest tackle in the league last year. He posted a 91 grade last year. 90.8 to be exact. So the talent's there. Trust me. But I'm going to talk a little bit more about him when I talk about the number five guy. Because they're teammates, actually. Number five on the list, Teron Armstead, the left tackle for the New Orleans Saints. He signed off, I believe he signed his extension last year, I want to say. The Saints, um, despite being in cap hell. The worst cap situation I have ever seen in my life in any major sports ever. The Saints cap situation is awful. That is an understatement to say the least. That being said, they somehow have a lot of good contracts on their line as well. Toron Armstead and Taysom Hill are the two guys that are definitely up there. I wanted to talk about it on the last week's show in episode 20. Didn't get a chance to. We ran out of time. Taysom Hill's contract. It was like a, a four-year, $140 million contract. When I saw that headline, I was like, what? What are we doing? I don't know who the GM is for the New Orleans Saints, but he needs to go to a mental hospital, get his head checked out because something's wrong. That is the worst contract I've ever seen in my life. Regardless of what you think of Taysom Hill, whether you think, oh, he's a franchise quarterback, oh, he's a he's a util guy, he does what he does, uh, whatever. Not worth that amount of money. Because I don't, for me, because I don't think he's going to be, I don't think he's going to be the full-time starter at quarterback by the end of the year. And even if he is, I don't think he's worth that much money. Here's the genius part. It's a four-year deal. Contract is voidable after every single year. So if something happens, they want to void the contract or they need to, boom. They void the contract, no dead cap. They don't have to pay him a bunch of money. It's over. The base salary was like $2.5 a, a year. That's all he's guaranteed per year. I think it was uh, an $11 million signing bonus too, which isn't terrible, especially if this guy is going to be their starter going forward. And then the rest of the money outside of the 11 and the two and a half per year over the four years is all incentive-based. So if he turns into a franchise quarterback, you pay him $140 million. But if he's a franchise quarterback, that's a steal of deal. If he doesn't turn into a franchise quarterback, you don't have to pay him the 140 because he's not putting up the stats he needs to get there. That contract is beautiful. As for Teron Armstead, his contract is also avoidable after each year. This is where Ryan Ramsey comes in. Like I just said last year, posted a 91 grade on PFF, best tackle in the league according to Pro Football Focus rating-wise. He posted an 81.5. A little bit of a drop-off this year, but he played a lot less snaps. Um, he only played 20 less snaps, actually. But there was a lot of guys at the tackle position that played more. He ranked a little bit lower this year snap count-wise. Um not really it, there was obviously a drop off in play you could tell that by the ranking um, it was his run blocking that struggled a little bit but his pass blocking like i said i already said it has speaks for itself now here's the beauty of it teron armstead has a fall off in play if he all of a sudden is not grading in the 85s the 80s and up if he's not getting the job done or if he injure, you know he gets injured a lot if he's dealing with injury issues has off-the-field issues, literally any reason for Teron Armstead and his play drops, whether it's off-the-field, on-the-field, whatever, has any issues, I think there's a solid chance that whether it's when his contract expires or if they void it before the contract expires, Ryan Ramzik makes the shift to left tackle, becomes one of the better left tackles in the game, and also becomes one of the better contracts you can get at the left tackle spot. I believe he got paid... 94 over 5, I want to say. Ronnie Stanley just got 105 over 5, I believe, if I remember right, um, a couple months before that. So you're looking at a, a really solid contract. He's the highest paid right tackle in the game. There's an issue with that, especially with the cap issues that they that I've already stated. But if that guy's your left tackle, that's kind of a – I wouldn't say it's a steal of a deal, but it's a really, really good deal for your team. So look out for that going forward. I think that might be a move that happens. Um, but the Saints come in at 5-6 and six on the tackle list. There's a reason that Drew Brees um, was as well-protected as he was. Well, I mean, honestly, he struggled with a lot more injuries than he should have in the last couple years. Now I'm thinking, I'm looking at the two, two top five, or two top six tackles, I feel like Drew Brees still got hurt a little bit more than he should have. But whatever the case may be, whoever the Saints quarterback is, he's got a lot of good protection in front of him. I think the Saints... I want to say they're set up for success. I don't know. The defense is iffy at best. They have the weapons on offense. The problem is they don't have the signal caller right now. we got to figure out the quarterback spot. I have a lot of faith in James Winston. Not a lot of faith in Taysom Hill. Regardless, whatever the situation may be, we'll see. The Saints definitely have the pieces around their quarterback on offense to get the job done. So, Moving on to our number four spot, a team that also – Has a lot of weapons around their quarterback spot, but doesn't have the quarterback situation 100% figured out. Going to mile high, going to the Denver Broncos, Garrett Bowles will fall at the 40 spot. I talked about Bowles earlier. Graded as the third highest left tackle this year, which was a far, he got a 90.6 grand on pro football focus this year, which is a far, far cry from the 76.1 he had last year by far and away the most improved tackle, the most improved offensive lineman in the game and arguably the most improved player in the entire NFL last year. I watched his clips last year. This guy led the league in penalties last year on the offensive line. Undisciplined, horrible footwork, his hands were getting on the outside. That's why he led the league in penalties in the offensive line spot. The guy was like he like I said, he was riding the middle, the middle line. As average as average can be, but those holding penalties and all these things were holding him back. Cleans up the discipline, cuts down on the penalties, gets his footwork right, and obviously cutting down the penalties, gets his hands inside, stops the holding calls. All of a sudden this guy turns into a When you're looking at just last year, he was the third best left tackle in football. I'm not gonna put him up that high because I have obviously I mean you'll see when you see who three is. I don't know a couple people that are listening will be, ah, oh, I'm not surprised by the guy that fell a three, but here we are again. Um, Garrett Bowles. I mean, he also took over 2,000 snaps in the last two years. He's one of the three guys on this list that did that with Ryan Ramzik and Taylor Moton. So injury issues are not a problem. Um, he's now taken another thing off. or It's not John Elway anymore. He's taken it off the, the Broncos front office's to-do list. They've got to figure out what's going on at quarterback in Denver. I don't know what the issue is. They've had a top-five pick, I believe. They've had a top-ten pick, I want to say, five, three times out of the last five years. They've had a top-ten pick. They have not addressed the quarterback in those three picks. They've addressed him the other two times, or one of the other two times. They didn't address it at all. So hopefully Drew Locke's the guy. For Denver's sake, for, for Denver fans' sake, I, I wish ill- I wish ill will upon no man's favorite team unless you're a Steelers fan or a Browns fan. But I I hope they get it figured out because I, I know that I would be sick to my stomach if I was a Denver Broncos fan watching three top 10 draft pick finishes in five years and not taking a quarterback in any of those top 10 situations, especially when a guy like Justin Fields is on the board this year. So, but... They have your franchise left tackle now. As long as this, you know as long as this is a upgrade in the game and not a fluke year by Garrett Bowles, which I don't believe it was. I we used to sit down and watch the tape. This is this guy looks like a different player with the same jersey on. It's insane. So I don't see anything I can't see him falling back into a slump, I guess. I, I just don't see him coming back down. The things that you change Aren't like, oh, these things change year to year, you know? Like, you may have more bursts this year than last year because this year you didn't have a nagging ankle injury. This guy worked on his technique, getting his hands inside, working on his footwork. That stuff really doesn't come and go at the offensive line position unless you're getting older, which he's not. So I see bulls at four. They have Cortland Sutton. Noah Fant is the borderline top ten option. I can't, I can't figure it out with Noah Fant. He's either a top 10 tight end at like the nine or 10 position, or he's like out of the top 20, like no impact. He has the potential. One of the faster tight ends in the league, great hands. Cortland Sutton's there. Jerry Judy is one of the better route runners in the league. I'll tell you this. I don't want to talk too much about Jerry Judy. Um, No, I'm going to, because I don't know if I'll talk about him as much on the wide receiver one. I believe Jerry Judy is the top 10 route runner in the game right now. This guy has some of the best route running skills I've seen in the last couple years coming out of the draft class. Obviously has to work on his hands. He had a lot of drops last year. That's a fixable issue. Jerry Judy has got next. I think as long as he fixes his hands, which like I said, it's a lot easier to fix your hands than it is to fix your route running. In my opinion, his route running is disgusting. Absolutely nasty. So Drew Locke has got all the, all the issues. I mean, you have no issues here if you're Drew Locke. We have uh I always forget their running back's last name. He just drafted, I think it's Javante Williams, maybe. Um you also have Melvin Gordon. Drew Locke's on our center. We got Quilton Sutton, I got Jerry Judy. I've got Garrett Bulls as my franchise left tackle watching my quarterback's blindside. The future is bright, but it all rides on the quarterback just like it did at the five-and-six spot. Number three. Um, I know we just talked about the quarterbacks being lacking on the last three picks at four, five, and six. Quarterback's not lacking for this left tackle. He's got one of the better quarterbacks in the game. This guy is Baltimore. Uh, Baltimore's Ronnie Stanley. Uh, got hurt last year, or this last year, in the 2020 year. Only took 312 snaps. Posted at 88.5 grade, or no, I think it was his grade was lower. I forgot to rewrite his grade down. Um, obviously, smaller sample size. You're looking at 300 snaps. It ranked in the top 85. I mean, that's a lot of tackles. Whether it's left or right, there's still a lot of tackles to be had. Um, He posted an 88-and-a-half grade last year on just under 1,000 snaps. Um, It's a lot. I mean, I know people are going to say I'm biased for putting Ronnie Stanley this high. I think Pro Football Focus had him at five. I know how good Ronnie Stanley is. I watch Ronnie Stanley on a week-in, week-out basis. I watch him protect Lamar Jackson in the pocket. I've watched him run out and, and... protect you know in block on on lead option plays i've watched him in the run game the pass play the swing pass plays whatever it is i'm a ravens fan ronnie stanley is the guy that i've seen play the most out of everyone on this list i know how good ronnie stanley is i know i talked about the injuries being an issue on the list like you got to be able to play to make this list ronnie stanley will not drop out of of my top five for sure I have him in the top three because I think he's truly that good. I think he's worth every penny Baltimore paid him. He's one of the better pass blockers in the league. Very, very good in the run game as well. Um, just uber talented. And I think he'll... I want You know, I'm going to say it. And again, you can call me biased. I probably am, being a Ravens fan. I think he's the best tackle in football here in the next three or four years. Unless somebody gets drafted. I don't think any of the guys that I listed underneath him are going to be better than Ronnie Stanley will be in four or five years, and I think the two guys above him will probably be out of the league by that point or getting close to that point. So, Ronnie Stanley at three. Call me biased if you want to. I probably am a little bit. It is what it is. (laughs) I'm not getting a paycheck for this stuff yet, at least not a sizable paycheck for this stuff yet, so I'm allowed to be biased. It is what it is. When I got a radio station or somebody paying for me, I'll 100% take the bias out of it, which will be one of the harder things I ever have to do. Tell it, Trust me, <laughs> when I get on, if, God willing, if I get on a radio station down the line and I have to try to talk about positions in, in football and stuff and I have to talk about whatever team I'm covering or whatever it is and not being biased towards the Ravens, it's going to be one of the tougher things I ever have to do in my life because I love, I love, love, love my team. So, enough about the Ravens. Moving on, number two. One of my other favorite teams in the league, playing on the other coast, out in the Bay. Trent Williams comes in at the number two spot. He was the highest graded tackle in the league this year. 91.9 grade on pro football focus. Played just under 1,000 snaps at 957, which was good enough for top 32. So he's, you know, you're in the top half. There's obviously 64 tackles that are going to start each week in the NFL. He was 32nd in snaps. Obviously didn't have any snaps last year, took the year off trying to get out of Washington. One of the best things he could have done in his career was to get off the Washington football team, the Redskins at the time, obviously. And Trent Williams could not have fallen in a better place. There is no better home for Trent Williams in the NFL than San Francisco. I think if Trent Williams plays his entire career in San Francisco, he is consistently a top two tackle. And I think Trent Williams would have been the best tackle in football for a very long time now this guy is uber talented dripping with tools he's a great pass blocker but the thing where Trent Williams stands alone he's one of the more athletic tackles in the league and being in that that ver- not vertical the the zone run scheme that Kyle Shanahan runs in in San Francisco their wide swinging plays getting Raheem moster out into space letting him go to work. Matt Breida was there also at one point or another. You got to have offensive linemen that are get out of their stance and get, you know, five ten yards to the left and take an outside linebacker, take a you know a middle linebacker that's scraped over the top and maul that guy out of the way. Trent Williams in this scheme is one of some of the most beautiful work I've seen by a tackle in the run game ever, and his pass protection is, I think, he's still ranked in the top five pass protecting wise the left tackle spot being the best run blocker um this there's I Trent Williams was good when he was in Washington he was a top 10 tackle I'm probably putting him at the seven or eight spot Kyle Shanahan's scheme is unlocked to hold another level of this guy and he was absolutely dominant this year he was on a whole nother level he fits the scheme there beautifully And I'm excited to see what they do. I love, I also, I'm an old school guy. Love defensive football games. As long as I can see that you're like, I got to be able to see the chess pieces moving, if that makes sense. Like I'm all for a defensive football game, but I got to see, well, they did this. So then they did that. Well, then they did that. And then this did, you know, like I want to see the pieces moving, I guess. I don't want to see a a 12 to six Super Bowl if I can't see the chess game happening in front of me. Um, But I also love ground and pound running the football, man. Getting between the tackles, even if the tackles, you know, even if you snap the ball and the tackle is 10 yards to the left, you're still in between the tackles. I love running the ball. You can get super weirded with it. Uh, Kyle Shanahan's scheme does exactly that, and Trent Williams fits it beautifully. So, number one on the list. This is very, very tough, these top two guys. I really, really, really wanted to put Trent Williams at one, but not playing last year. I've got to see more at 100% dethrone the king of left tackles. David of uh, the Green Bay Packers, still the best left tackle in football, still anchors one of the best offensive lines in football. We'll see if the Packers offensive line can bounce back. They did lose Coyle Lindsley in the offseason, but they lost David Bakhtiari Boc- in the playoffs and it cost him in the long run. They struggled against the Rams. Did they lose against the Rams or they lose against Tampa Bay? I can't. They lost against Tampa Bay, I think, right? I don't know. I'm not going to try to sit here and look it up or have a conversation with myself. But losing David Bocatari hurt him against the Rams, and whether they played the Buccaneers or not, I know it definitely would have hurt them in that game because even if they didn't, we all saw what the Buccaneers' defense did to the Chiefs in the Super Bowl without their offensive line healthy. I know they would have wreaked havoc against Green Bay. So you could see um, another guy I want to talk about before I keep going about Bocatari, Elton Elton Jenkins. Actually, we'll come back to Elkton Jenkins. I'll talk about him here in a couple minutes after I finish Bakhtari. When we move to the interior offensive line, we'll talk about him because he was extremely underrated and extremely good last year but just didn't fall onto my list. Bakhtari, best pass protector in the league. He's uh, been really, really good. The run game as well. I believe he's still top three in, the, in run blocking grade as well. Um, he does it all. I mean, like I said, anchors the second or third best offensive line in football last year. Uh, he's protected Aaron Rodgers' blindside his entire career. He's great when you throw him on the jumbotron at Bucks games. Uh, he's a great, keeps the crowd entertained. Uh, he's a fun guy to watch. On and off the field, uh, the guy does it all. Gets out in the swing, screen passes, swing run plays, inside run plays, pass protection. As good as Trent Williams is and as much as I just oozed about him, Trent Williams does it for another year, and David Bakatari misses a couple games with injuries again. Trent Williams is the best left tackle in football, but just haven't seen enough. Can't dethrone the king. Bakatari still reigns when it comes to the left tackle position. So, moving on into the interior offensive line list. but one honorable mention, obviously I just spoiled it and told you earlier. Elton Jenkins. This guy uh, is a mainly a left guard in Green Bay. He played snaps at center last year when Corey Lindsley got hurt and he actually filled in at the left tackle. I believe he also played right guard at one point during the year. And he also played left tackle when David Bakatari went down and he gr- played great in all spots. He played great at the center spot. He obviously plays very well at his left guard spot. And he played even good at the left tackle spot when he played there. This guy's a Swiss army knife and he was instrumental to green Bay's success last year. He doesn't quite scrape onto this list here, but I would not be surprised to see him on this list at the end of the year. And I would not be surprised to see him get paid going forward in Green Bay here in the next coming years. So 10-1, to interior offensive lineman. I got guards and centers here. Um, Same thing as before with the tackles. We're looking at grades, snap counts, sacks allowed. Run blocking grade is a little bit more important here, obviously, going between the tackles. I need a guy that's going to be able to maul on an HB dive. Back to basics, Oklahoma drill. If I'm sending my running back through the A-gap, through the B-gap, through the tackles, I need to have a guard that is going to clear space who does it the best, as well as the centers, obviously. But don't forget about pass protection. Obviously, passing this king, it's very important as well. Which guy checks the bo- checks both boxes and which guy has the biggest check marks in both boxes, if that makes sense. So, number 10 on the list, experienced veteran one of the better centers in the league for the last 5-10 years, if not the best. Jason Kelsey, or Jason Kels, I guess, coming with Travis Kelsey's news that we've all been saying his last name wrong. Apparently it's Kels, so that would also make, you know, Jason Kels. I'm not going to say that. I'm going to keep calling him Kelsey just because it's natural. But uh, didn't post that good of a grade last year on PFF, just at the 70 mark, which is by far and away the lowest grade that any of the offensive linemen, either at the tackle spot... um or the guard-slash-center spot, um, given the amount of snaps he had, obviously I'm not going to count Tyron Smith because he only played 160 snaps. Jason Kelsey had the second-most snaps in the uh, in the league last year at the center spot. There's one other guy that had more snaps than him. I don't know who it is because he wasn't that high of a graded uh, center at all, but it speaks nonetheless. Uh, Jason Kelsey has been the anchor of that Philly offensive line for a very long time skill-wise. In the last two years, excuse me, the last two years, he's been the anchor of that offensive line in Philly, just because of injuries. All the other top five guys, top ten guys that they've had, have went down. Lane Johnson has struggled with injury issues. He he fell just outside my top ten uh, tackles. Brandon Brooks has had his injury issues, and uh, Jason Peters has also had his injury issues. Also, all four of those guys are extremely old. Philly's going to have to figure something out because they've got. Four guys over the age of, I believe Lane Johnson's only like 33, I want to say. Don't crucify me if I'm wrong. I'm guessing off the top of my dome here. Jason Peters is 38 to 39. I know that for a fact. And Jason Kelsey and Brandon Brooks are both over the age of 35. So as good as they are, injuries have been an issue, and age is quickly becoming an issue as well. They've got to figure out what to do with their offensive line in Philly. Um, So like I said, Jason Kelsey didn't post a great grade this year, but played the 2nd most amount of snaps. Last year, he led the league in snaps at the center spot literally, uh, at 1,163, and he also posted an 81 grade. We all know how good Jason Kelsey is. I think the lack of star power around him, not star power, but like with as many moving pieces as there were around him. He's got a new guy playing left and right guard almost every week. That's going to affect your play to a certain level at the center spot. You don't have as good of a communication. You can't get into the mind of your teammates on the line. When When you play 17, 18 games... Next to the same two guys, you know, if I'm playing the center spot and I've got, you know, Joel B. and J.C. Treader next to me, if I'm in Cleveland and I've got those two guys next to me for 17 straight games, I know if I'm back in my pass set and I'm taking on the DT solo and all of a sudden I see a linebacker blitzing through the A gap on my left side, I know B. is going to shade his left hand in. I'm going to shade my left hand in. We both know what we're going to do. If I go in and try to block that guy by myself, you know, and try to step in and at least bump him out of the way, and I don't have the support of my left guard, and then the D-tackle rips off the other side, now I've allowed that sack to happen. You know, so that that falls back on me. So I think that was a lot of the issues with Jason Kelsey last year, when you look at his grade and sacks allowed and all that stuff. But the talent is undeniable. It's the same thing as Tyron Smith, except it was the injuries around him, except instead of the injuries to him. Um... Jason Kelsey is still one of the most gifted centers that have ever played the game, and he's still a top-five center in my opinion. Um, Coming in at the the 9 spot, going to be J.C. Treader, the Cleveland Browns. um, Rated in at 77 this year. 11th in snaps, just over 1,000 at the 1061 mark. A lot more guards play 2,000 snaps. When you look at the... uh, At the snap count of the last two years, tackles versus guards, I think there was three tackles on my list that that went over 2,000 snaps. There was five guards slash centers that played. Obviously, I'm covering two positions, but five guys that went over 2,000 snaps. J.C. Tretter is one of them. He is a big reason to why the Browns had the best offensive line in football last year. Um, There's a lot of reasons. We're going to talk about one of them later on. J.C. Tretter came in obviously at nine on my list. And I believe the Browns also had another top 10 lineman, um, not my top 10, but pro football Focus's is top 10. So while the Browns don't have the number one guy, you know, the best left tackle, the best center, the best right guard, whatever it is, they are top 10. at two for sure, possibly three spots across the offensive line, extremely talented unit. Their offense showed it last year. JC Tretter was a big reason for that. Great run blocker solid pass blocker but like i said run blocking is definitely more important at the guard spot that's why he falls to the ninth spot here um at my eighth spot i have rodney hudson of the now of the arizona cardinals has been part of the las vegas oakland raiders for the last couple of years of his career and he was in kansas city before that um he fell just short of two thousand snaps in the last two years he ranked sixth in the snaps last year his pro football focus grade has never been well not never it hasn't been good in the last couple years Pro Football Focus had him at their number one center. I didn't see it that way. I I saw at least two centers that I thought were better than Rodney Hudson in the long run. If you want to look at the best center over the last five years, it's definitely Rodney Hudson. But his play has dropped a little bit in the last couple of years. Uh, but we'll see if he can build that chemistry and see if he's going to be, with his age, not aging issues, but he is getting older. He's got a younger, more mobile quarterback. We'll see if that affects his play in Arizona. Uh, that's another reason why he dropped down my list a little bit. A little bit of an unsure situation going into a new offense. We haven't been able to see it yet. Um, so that's why I have him sliding down a little bit for me. Um, let's see. That was eight. Uh, Joe Thune, Kansas City's new guard, um, comes in at the seventh spot. I think Pro Football Focus had him at the third spot on their list. I was looking at the numbers. I just I didn't see it. I didn't see it uh, when it comes to putting Joe Thune this high. He's very, very good. Don't get me wrong. When he is on and plays 17 games on, Joe Thune is the second or third best right guard in football. He's not on every game. Nobody is. You're not going to be on your A game every single game out. You're going to have bad games here and there. Thune had a couple. He definitely took a step back from 2019 when he went into 2020. We'll see if he can bounce back. Um, They have a lot of chemistry to build along the offensive line in Kansas City, being that they're going to have – Basically five new starters along the offensive line. They'll have one returning guy, but as of 2020 to 2021, they're going to have five new starters, if not four. I could be wrong, but I'm guessing five. Um, Thoody's going to be one of them. They backed up the Brinks trunk to Arrowhead uh, to get that guy in the building. I don't know how Brett Veach is going to feel to defense here in the next two to three years, paying all these guys that he's paying. But Joe Thune got paid, and I think he's going to be a very, very, very good guy, uh, very a cornerstone piece to their offensive line. As far as Chiefs offensive linemen go, uh, Orlando Brown did not make my top le- top 10 tackles list. Being in a new city and a new team, same thing with Rodney Hudson. Haven't seen the film. Don't know if I want to put him up that high. I've seen Orlando, I was talking about how much I watched Ronnie Stanley play. I've seen Orlando Brown play a right tackle his whole career. It's a very, very good right tackle. Saw him play a left tackle when Ronnie Stanley went down. Very, very solid left tackle. The issue is when you have a top-tier speed rusher, he can hold his own against top 10 edge rushers. I've seen him hold his own against TJ Watt on the right and the left side. He does okay. When you get your speed rushers in this guy's grill, he is going to struggle. He has been 20 to 30 pounds overweight his entire career from combine to draft day to now. Um, and I think a guy that's going to come off the edge and beat him with speed is going to beat him with speed consistently. Um, that's why Orlando Brown didn't make the list. I think he will be very, very solid. But I do think that speed rushers, and there is a lot of talented edge rushers in that division. With Joey Bosa, I was going to say Melvin Ingram, but he's now a Steeler. Joey Bosa um, in L.A. And then also you have Bradley Chubb and Von Miller to worry about when it comes to Denver. So he's going to have his fair share of trials inside the division to figure out if he's going to be the left tackle for them going forward. Uh, But they've got a year to decide on his contract. So that's my two cents on Orlando Brown. I know I have a lot of Chiefs fans that listen to me. I didn't get a chance to talk about him. That's how I feel about Orlando Brown. Great guy. Loved him. He wanted to play left tackle, but he was the second best left tackle in Baltimore. Ronnie Stanley, whether I have him at three, he shouldn't be outside of your top five. Orlando Brown's not a top five left tackle in this league. Ronnie Stanley is. So at the end of the day, push came to shove. We had to send him. Don't know why Baltimore sent him to Kansas City. But here we are. They've got a year to figure out whether they want to pay him or not. And I think the divisional games are going to be a very, very big indicator of how big his payday is going to be. Because like I said, they've got a lot of talented edge rushers in that division. So, um, but like I said, as for Thune, run game strong, pass protection is okay. But i think uh they'll be good in the long run like i said a lot of people will put him a lot higher i just don't see the hype on getting him into the top five um at the sixth spot for me uh frank ragno second best center um on my list second best center graded center in football last year um played uh about a 930 snaps last year's played just under 2000 over the last two years he struggled out the gate his rookie year which his rookie year was or not his rookie year wasn't last year in the last three years he just got paid he's now the highest paid center in football in detroit his he's, he's kind of stumbled around year to year he hasn't really found his footing last year he found his footing what a year to do it in his contract year um played extremely well He's one of the better pass blocking centers. I probably put him at the 4 to 5 category of the pass blocking and run blocking. He's also right about that probably 4 to 5 6 range. Does it all. He hasn't broken that elite category yet when it comes to anything, but he does everything good. That's the thing about Frank Ragno is like the thing if I were to pick the one thing that like Frank Ragno does better than a lot of it's his toughness. This guy is an animal when you're talking about I want a mauler that's going to lead my team, a mauler mentally. Frank Ragno is that guy. When you're talking about mental toughness, there may be no better center in this game than Frank Ragno is. He is a, the, the pure definition of I'm going, just like Dan Campbell said in his interview, his, his first interview as Lions head coach, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna, you're going to knock me down, I'm going to get back up, and I'm going to take one of your kneecaps on the way back up. Frank Ragno is the poster boy for that, that motto, that slogan in Detroit. Uh, number five, Ali Marpet is going to be the second Tampa Bay Buccaneer to make this list. Obviously, Tristan Werf's making the tackle list. Um, another guy that made a jump, has always had a lot of talent, play, had a down year in 2019. Um, he played the third and most amount of snaps in 2019, only posted about a 72 grade, but bounced back this last year, played a little bit less snap-wise, just around the 8.50 mark Posts an 87 overall grade for pro football focus. He was another big part of keeping Tom Brady healthy throughout the year and um, making their ground game as explosive as it was. Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones ran very, very well when running through the tackles, and Ali Marpet had a very, very large part on why they were able to do that. Um, Number four on my list, the top-ranked center I have on here is going to be Corey Lindsley. I mentioned him earlier talking about David Bakatari. Um, Got banged up towards the end of the year when Elton Jenkins filled in for him. Still put in about 740 snaps on the year. Posted an 89.9 grade at the center spot. Highest graded center last year by Pro Football Focus. Did not have a good first year. I believe his rookie year was last year. I could be wrong. Don't quote me on that. Um, Only posted a 70 grade last year. Not a good year. Broke out as one of the best, and I have him as my best center going into this year, who will be playing out in L.A. with the Chargers this year. Comes into a, a Chargers offensive line room that doesn't have a lot of star talent, but they've got star talent just about everywhere else. Um, you got Justin Herbert. I've got uh, Keenan Allen. I've got Mike Williams. The defense is solid. The, the future is looking bright for the Chargers. Adding Corey Lindsley, I think, is definitely going to help you in the long run. He's a great run blocker uh, when you want to hand it off to Austin Eckler, and he's great in pass protection and even in screen plays. Uh, if you want to swing him out or get him in some swing run plays to cover Eckler out in the flat, I think he's got the athleticism to get it done. Uh, number four on my list, Joel Betonio. Uh, is the, I believe he's the left guard for the Cleveland Browns. Like I, uh, I talked about it earlier, the Browns had the second or third best, if not the best offensive line in football last year. Uh, Betonio is a very big part of that. Posted an 85-point grade on Pro Football Focus. I believe he had the second highest snap count, the third highest snap count of – hold on. Let me get my numbers straight here. I forgot how to count again. Uh, He's behind Quentin Nelson, behind Joe Thune, behind he has the same amount of snaps, actually, on the dot as JC Turner. So right in that third or fourth mark for snaps at the guard position, um, I mean, passing is king. I talked about this earlier. I mean, I've said that 16 times, broken record already. Um, One of the best one of the best probably the second or third best pass blocking guard in the league and obviously with the success kareem hunt and nick chubb had last year he's definitely a very very good run blocker as well does it at a very high level does both things at a very high level and is a very very big reason on why cleveland had the number one offensive line in football last year number two this is where you get into the big debate Usually, you know, guys will fill in whoever you want from 10 to 3. There are two guys that come in at top two on your guard slash center lists. whether it's just guards or whether it's guard slash centers. There's two names that are coming at one and two. Flip them around if you want to. A lot of people have them the way I have them. Some people have them the other way around. I have Zach Martin falling at my two spot, Dallas Cowboys uh, cornerstone of their offensive line for the last, you know, 5, 10 years. Posted a 91.3 grade on Pro Football Focus this year, but did get hurt a little bit throughout the year. Only played about 600 snaps. Posted an 88 grade last year on over 1,100 snaps. So had his injury issues this year, but had a better grade last year. grade was a little bit down, but obviously he had a lot more snap counts. It was a lot more impressive what he did last year. For Quentin Nelson, who's obviously going to come in at my one spot, those being the two names, it was flipped. This year, Quentin Nelson played a lot more snaps than he did last year. Had a actually he only had 40 more snaps, but that moves him from 16th to 8th snap count year to year. Posted an 86 point grade this year, posted a 91 grade in his rookie year last year. I just it's is a there's a razor thin margin trying to figure these two guys out. I ended up going with the guy that played more, the guy that didn't get hurt. Uh, Quentin Nelson played about 300 snaps, 300, 400 snaps more than Zach Martin did in the last two years. When you look at their grades from the last two years and you average them out, Zach Martin comes out a little bit ahead, not by much. Um, so the snaps is what really did it for me. And obviously, if you want to go f- going forward, the next five, 10 years, Quentin Nelson is no question because of his age being only going into his third year this year. Uh, Zach Martin's a mauler. I mean, not much needs to be said about Zach Martin. There's a reason he's two on the list. He's been in the top two, if not the best guard in football. Like he's he's competing with Quentin Nelson for this title right now. He was competing with Marshall Yonder for this title three, four years ago. I mean, he's been around for a long time. Not much needs to be said about Zach Martin. For Quentin Nelson, this guy is the face of the offensive line right now. When you're looking at like who's the most recognizable name or face in all, in all of the offensive linemen in the NFL right now? Hugh Nelson is that guy. And I think the Colts are gonna have to pay him like that guy. Run blocking has always been superb. He's a mauler. He's a character in the in run blocking sets. His pass blocking has always been extremely elite. Quint Nelson does it all, man. He, and he's he's just you know, just guys being dudes. Quentin Nelson is that guy being a dude. You know what I'm saying? He is the the picture perfect guy that you want on the inside of your offensive line. He he plays it. He acts like it. I think he's going to be a a ace. I'm trying to. What's the word I'm looking for? A staple on top ten guard lists going forward for the next five to ten years. And I think he will be the highest paid guard in NFL history at some point in his career as well. Um, I just there's not much else to say about Quentin Nelson as well. If you want to look at it. Uh, you could do your own research. Tell me what you think about the list. That's going to do it for today's episode for the Offensive Line Edition. I think I got through everything I wanted to get through. If I was being a hypocrite at certain points, I definitely I can even see where it came off that way. Let me know what you think. If you think this guy should have been top 10, this guy shouldn't have been, let me know. If you think I'm a dumbass, let me know. I'm all for it. I'm down to hear constructive criticism. Actually, I'm down to hear criticism at all. If you want to call me an idiot... It is what it is. You're entitled to your own opinion. I'm not going to take it to heart. Uh, there's a certain there's there has been certain times when I've done this podcast or when I've done my own podcast or even back when I did the Cave at Butler, where people are like, you know, the thing you said today was kind of stupid. And I'm like, whoa, well, well, you know, what do you mean? You know, getting defensive, and then you know they explain it. And I'm like, you know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm human. I'm I can be a dumbass sometimes. I will let you know that, but. I try to I try to not be a dumbass as much as I can. So if you feel like I was, let me know. If you feel like I wasn't, also let me know. I will take every bit of criticism or whatever you guys want to feed me back in the long run. I I like I said at the beginning of the show, we say at the beginning of every show, I can't thank you guys enough. I you you guys will never tell me too much stuff. Never will I get a message from a fan, coworker, friend. Random guy I just met on Twitter. Never will I get a message from you, and I'm like, all right, I've had enough of this. I, I don't want to hear any more messages. I always want to hear them. Send them my way. Send them to Shay; They'll get to me. If you want to send them straight to me, I'll take them. I don't care. Whatever it is, man. is, I'm cheesing sitting here talking about this stuff. I love, love, love interacting with anybody that wants to talk to me, whether it's talk to me about what I said or talk to me about sports in general, man. Trust me. I've got all the time in the day. My sleep schedule is weird, so I may... Weir- you know reply to you on weird time frames but i'll get back to you i promise (laughs) um um again i just i can't thank you guys enough this show doesn't go anywhere without the fans obviously that's with every show but for our show especially man for it being our first time kind of in the business establishing our own fan base you guys are more special than you guys could ever know to us whether you text us every week or you dm us or you just listen in silence and listen in silence I can't thank you guys enough. So that's going to do it for our offensive line bonus. Hopefully, depending on when you listen to this, uh, we're going to have our tight end bonus will come out here in the next two days. Obviously, again, it depends on when you listen to it. But I'm going to have one for each position going forward. We've got our, our offensive ones are scheduled out every two days from today. Um, today, when this drops, it'll be uh, the 21st of July. We've got tight ends on the 23rd, wide receivers on the 25th, I've got running backs on the 27th, and I believe we're dropping the quarterbacks on the 29th right before we leave for Atlanta. So thank you guys for listening. If you if you made it this way and you're like, man, that was kind of dry, offensive linemen are kind of boring to hear about, hey, if you listen to this, especially I know I say this every single time I do a bonus, if you listen all the way through, I appreciate you. If you listened all the way through this and you don't like football, I double appreciate you regardless of what your affiliation is when it comes to sports, whether you like listen to me, you like listen to sports in general. If you can listen to anybody, whether it's any idiot, whether it's that idiot over there, this idiot that you're listening to right now, talk about the top 20 offensive linemen going into the NFL season. You obviously like football. You like me a lot. So I double appreciate you if you made it this far. We've got some more interesting stuff coming. So stay tuned. Like I said, we've got each positions coming forward quarterbacks are going to be every every position is going to get better and better as it goes along tight ends are going to be fun to try to talk about one and two wide receivers the top three is there running backs are always fun and quarterbacks is always fun so a lot planned out the defensive schedule will be put into place once we get back from our trip um but there's just a lot to come and keep your ears on keep your eyes open have our notifications on on spotify or apple music wherever you listen to um, and also big shout out to Anchor for putting all of our stuff out. I uh, don't know where we'd be without them either because with one click of a button, Anchor's able to put all of our stuff out onto every platform imaginable so you guys can listen on whatever platform is most convenient for you guys. So keep your notifications on, keep your ears open because I want to be in your headphones. I want my voice in your head talking about sports at all hours of the day. And hopefully after this week, I can put out enough content to make that possible. So thank you guys for listening. We'll see you guys next week.